What's going on with FreemanRevolutionaryLifestyleDesign.com talking to you today about why most financial advice is worthless and how to actually get rich. Okay, these are just principles. This is a high level summary of this stuff. It's not an in-depth deal. But here's the thing, okay, pre-internet, the problem was not enough information. I was 17 going to the library, reading retirement books and reading market wizards about John or Paul Tudor Jones, the hedge fund manager, okay? Um, Post-internet, the problem now is information overload. And the vast majority of financial information out there is garbage. The signal to noise ratio is like, you know, 0.01% of it is actually useful. You've got 22-year-old uh, kids on YouTube giving financial advice to hundreds of thousands of subscribers, and these kids haven't even earned $100,000 in their lives or let alone a million dollars okay um i'm by far not the most successful person in the world i'll be the first to tell you that but i've earned six figures in trading i was a prop trader in my early 20s uh in sales and now in my mid-30s in uh, a personal development business um and as a young trader okay i had three million dollars in buying power and my best month was 100 grand take home, which is 15 years ago. In US dollars, while I was living in Canada, okay, I, I was, for a brief period, I was quite successful as a trader. Still, that run is still the most successful run that I've had. Um, won't be for long, but uh, I can tell you with certainty, no one knows where the, where the market's going. Nobody knows. We used, to, we used to laugh and make fun of the guys on CNBC all day. The economists would come on, they'd be like, well, it's just a temporary correction. We believe that uh, uh, the market should uh, uh, readjust to their uh, forward positions and talking straight out of their ass, okay? If they actually knew where the fuck the market was going, they would place bets on it, they would be consistently right, and they would be a trillionaire in no time, okay? Because the snowball and the compound interest of being able to literally take all your money, be right every single time, um, would be incredible, okay? Um, nobody knows, right? And if they know, they're not gonna tell anybody. The last thing they're gonna do is, is create an options course um, and sell it to you online or sell it to you like they used to do through, through infomercials, okay? Um, they're gonna keep that knowledge to themselves, you know? Just like Ray Dalio is, is who by far is not, he's not even close to 100% right, but is extremely guarded about the kind of information that he will release to the public. And if he's releasing something, there is a purpose and a point to his communication. And that purpose and point is going to be his own self-interest. Okay. The last thing anybody would do is broadcast that knowledge to millions of people um, when, when that knowledge could make them billions. All right. Unless they're, they're, um, modus operandi is to get rich off selling the course, okay? Which, in most cases, that is how things work, okay? Most guys don't get rich off the gold rush, they get rich off selling panhandles in the gold rush, on average. So, I can tell you with certainty, no one knows where the market's going. Um, the best in the world are wrong all the time, they're just right slightly more than they're wrong. I was able to make good money on it because uh, the day trading firm I worked with had a lot of leverage because they, the guys who started the business went into it with $40 million already. And then they were able to leverage that into a lot of 
um, leverage from a brokerage house because they had very strict controls on us. We were only allowed to lose a certain amount of money per day. We had uh, managers watching us. Um, so the, we weren't allowed to hold overnight positions. We had lightning fast execution and we were doing um, arbitrage things that are, are not even close to possible anymore. Okay, this was 15 years ago. Uh, all that stuff is done by algorithms and you know, basically, we're the last of the cowboy traders now. It's it's quants and and uh, guys with rocket scientist IQs programming these these algos. Um, so so even even those wins that I had are not possible. Otherwise, I would still be trading. Okay. Um, so so that's the reality. And it was like when I was right, I could predict where the market would go for about. 10 seconds to maybe five minutes if I was lucky. And that five minutes was gonna be a big winner. Uh, but I was wrong half the time, okay? I was just able to cut my losses quick due to the discipline that I've been trained in uh, and, and been able to let my winners ride, which is the opposite of most human instincts. That takes like a year and a half of, of going in there every day, getting your head beat in to, to you start to realize like, you know, I have to, if the, if the market doesn't go where I think it's gonna go in this 10 seconds, I have to be out regardless. Um, so there was some momentum, there was arbitrage, but none of those options are, are available anymore. And there is no way I could predict where it would be a year from now, six months from now, three months from now, even the next day, I couldn't predict the open. Okay, no one can predict that with certainty. You can look back over the last hundred years and say, okay, on average, the um, S&P has gone up 8%. There's a crash every decade. You know, moving forward, past doesn't predict the future, but um, you know that trend could continue. But okay, that trend was also like the most profitable hundred years and the most profitable empire of all time, the American Empire. Will that continue for another hundred years? I'm sure America will be around. Will that will that same amount of um, prosperity in in terms of their companies continue? No idea. Okay. No idea. Um, so, so that's where I'm coming from with it. Okay, if, if you've been a trader, you'll know that anytime. And when one of my clients was a high-level uh, you know, interest trader, he'll tell you the same thing, right? Nobody knows where this shit's going. Let alone the broker, now called the, the financial advisor. Okay, if anyone would know, it'd be a trader. But, but you know, it, it's that's not the game. Okay. So I can tell you with certainty, no one knows where the market's going. The best in the world are wrong all the time. They're just right slightly more than they're wrong. You know, they're, they're right 60% of the time or they're right 58% of the time, but they um, cut their losers quick and they let their winners ride. All right. Uh, the, the, the best in the business, Warren Buffett, George Soros, um, Ray Dalio average no better than 20% a year. Okay. So it's not like, these guys are getting consistently crazy returns. Yes, the market averages 8%, so 20% is great in comparison to that, but it's not like 2,000% a year, okay? And these guys blow up all the time, you know? Go back into the, the 90s and look at long-term capital management. These guys were the rocket scientists, I think out of Solomon Brothers, and they went out and did their own thing. Thought they knew where the market was going, they had certainty, fund blew up. The uh, head guy was able to raise more money a few years later, but um, they didn't know where it was going. Okay, and truth be told, 
on a long enough timeline, every everyone fails. Okay, if Warren Buffett and George Soros and those guys live to a thousand years, they'd all go broke. All right, all right. So so so, take certainty out of the table, off the table. Right. We're just trying to out, we're trying to get wealthy within this one lifetime and trying to outlive that money. Okay, we 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 want that timeline to 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 end on our grandson or our great grandson or you know. Uh, and, and have him rebuild that or maybe longer but you know at the end of the day um, the best guys are doing 20% a year okay and that 20% didn't make them billionaires okay you, you know Warren Buffett's little savings back in 1945 didn't make him a billionaire what made him a, a, a billionaire was beating the S&P by 12% every year so that he he consistently became the best service provider in that niche and as i keep telling you guys the three biggest niches in the world for service providers in terms of financial potential are real estate insurance and financial services financial services being the big one hedge fund managers are strictly service providers okay that's their job and their job is to beat the s p and take their 20 and 2 in in, in return for doing so so warren buffett is a service provider, okay? His service is beating the S&P by 12% every year, which is a pittance to a per poor person who's got like $1,000 in, you know, 20% a year is, 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 is $200 a year. It's nothing. But to a billionaire, you know, that 20%, that 12% that beats the S&P, that 20% compounded every year is worth an absolute fortune. Okay, so they're willing to give him a lot of money for that service because they solve, he solves one of the biggest problems for um, a wealthy person, which is how to continue to increase uh, their money uh, without um, actively having to manage it, as well as having how to protect that money. Because, you know, at the end of the day, taxes and inflation apply to wealthy people as well. So they want to be able to get that money, invest it, um, not have to actively manage it and sell their time for money, beat inflation and taxes, and still um, create more wealth and, and, and compound that wealth. All right. So that's what, that's what uh, George Soros, Warren Buffett, and Ray Dalio do. Okay. What got them rich was the same thing that gets everyone rich. It was, it was uh, opium or other people's money. It was just getting other people to give them money. Right, and then taking a piece of that in, in, in return for the service they provide. That's it. Okay, that's the same way you get rich in any other service business, whether it's what I do is coaching or real estate or insurance. You get opium, other people's money, by selling them that you're the best service provider. Okay, fund managers are really nothing more than service providers with the service they attempt to provide being beaten the S&P every year. Okay. And they, they run these service businesses off of their salesmanship. They sell their billion dollar clients that they will uh, beat the S&P um, and get more consistent returns than their customers, okay? And it's a very competitive market. And they're not just selling billion dollar customers, they're selling the firefighters uh, fund. They're selling sovereign wealth funds of other, company, uh, other countries. They're selling the police unions fund. So these guys are competing for uh, the teachers union, right? These unions that have, have a ton of money tied up in the pensions and, and all, all these workers, and they go give it to hedge funds to, to gamble with. And um, 
you know, it's very serious because, you know, these guys lose money. It's like they're losing the New York Firefighters Association's money. So this is a very, very competitive uh, business um, and dealing with, you know, the largest clients in the world. But at the end of the day, they're sales guys um, who, who are very talented and, and who, are, who are masters of their service and they sell that service to wealthy clients. This is why Warren Buffett openly admits that the most useful course he took of all his education was the Dale Carnegie course, How to Win Friends and Influence People. The plaque is still on his wall in his office. If you want more information on that, check out the article I did on it, revolutionarylifestylezen.com, or the video I did on it and how I use that, those principles in my daily life. One of the best books I've ever read by far, okay? So here's the reality. The best guys in the world only do 20%, okay, which is going to be worthless to you. It's, it's worthless. Even if you have 100 grand, I mean, 20 grand a year is nice. But if 100 grand is all you have saved, I mean, you, you're not going to put all of that, right? First of all, you're not going to be able to get into a hedge fund. Second of all, um, you know, you're not going to put literally all your savings into your investments because now you're one step away from being homeless if there's some, some type of problem with your income, okay? Um, like it's more likely you would, if you had a hundred thousand, you, you take 10,000, you know, and get 20% on that, get two G's a year, which is worthless in terms of getting rich. Okay. Um, and, and even getting to a hundred thousand, you know, saved is, is like, is not going to come from investments. Okay. Investments are for making wealthy people wealthier for the most part. Okay, um, for people that aren't already wealthy, all right, you should be going in on getting wealthy, which means high margin business. Okay, high margin businesses are not available once they go public. They, all that big money's been made. Okay, and the, the bigger money's going to be made when they sell shares to you. That's that's how they really get rich. But for you, as the as the buyer at the at the the end game of that transaction, you know, you're lucky to get 8% from that particular company, which is not going to make you rich whatsoever. Okay. Same thing with bonds and GICs, um, real estate, all these different instruments. Okay. Because you, first of all, won't average 20%, you know, you're not Warren Buffett. Second of all, you're not going to get rich as a small investor. Um, you don't have access to billions of dollars. You don't have leverage. You don't have access to other investors to give you money. You don't have access to debt. The best you can get is a tiny bit of leverage from your broker, which you don't even want because you don't want debt. Okay, you'll get a lot more leverage on uh, a property than you would on uh, a stock. Okay, and that should tell you something about how much the banks trust the stock market. All right, you'll get banks won't even give you good leverage on their own stock. Okay, you could be you could be banking with Citibank. And they probably won't even give you leverage to buy Citibank shares. That's how much they trust the stock market, you know. But they'll let you buy a house for 10% down, okay. And that's not going to get you rich either. But what I'm saying is, is that's how they feel about it. And that should tell you something, right. So at most you're going to get a tiny bit of leverage from a broker. And you don't want to go into debt. And you don't want to gamble on the stock market with that, okay. You, you want nothing to do with that. And then, you know, you got to understand most of these financial guys are no better 
you know, on YouTube or whatever, these guys are all, and, and CNBC, they're all talking heads, okay? They're useless at best and counterproductive at worst. They talk with certainty about what happened and what will happen as if they actually live off the market bets that they make as opposed to the views that they get as an entertainer. I haven't looked at the market in years and nothing happened except for my income continuing to go up because I'm actually focusing on things that increase my income, okay? These guys are entertainers. The problems with many finance guys on YouTube throwing ideas around are we don't know how much they invest, we don't know their ROI, um, the knowledge is rarely reproducible, and it's, it's not a fit for somebody who's not already wealthy, okay? Um, the vast majority of these guys, we don't know their, you know, their assets under management, the consistency of their predictions, right? That, that information is not publicly available you know, unless you're like a hedge fund where it's forced, you know, you're forced to declare these things. Okay, so you don't know who you're getting your advice from. Second of all, it's like that guy's job is to make money by selling that advice, okay? So, so his intentions are not 100% aligned with yours, whereas your job is you're trying to get wealthy, okay? And that's a completely different game. Investments are what you do when you're already starting to get wealthy. Because otherwise, think about this for a second. Let's say you have a business like I do that's like thousand percent, thousands of percent, you know, return on what you put into it. Um, or, you know, crazy 60, 70, 80% margins or whatever. Why would, you, why would you put money anywhere else, right? Why would you put money anywhere else when you have this massive asset? If you look at every single one of these guys, Warren Buffett got wealthy up Berkshire. Bill Gates off Microsoft, Steve Jobs off Apple, okay? They, every single one of these guys has a company, they went all in on it, right? Because they're like, they're seeing incredible, insane returns. They're not gonna go gamble on, on the stock market hoping for 8%, throwing it into companies that they have no idea about, that, you know, we couldn't tell you who the CEO is, right? Never seen the factory floor. And all those high margins have already been squeezed out by the time the companies got to that size. Okay, you know, so, so, you know, you've got these talking heads talking about where Bitcoin's going to be 20 years from now that on YouTube, they're no better than Jim Cramer. We don't know their assets under management. We don't know their, their um, net worth. We don't know their uh, prediction rates. And the, the advice is, is not applicable and is, is not useful and is counterproductive for somebody who's trying to get rich. You shouldn't be thinking about investments at all. Um, at all a couple exceptions you know my buddy Jason from dividend mantra has a good site you know he he accumulated a decent nest egg you know over 300,000 he lives off dividends um, he, he moved to Thailand to arbitrage his income and he's able to live off uh, a dividend check every month um, his portfolio has been continuing to increase he shows all the stocks that he has in his portfolio and so, so that plan has worked uh, well for him. You know, he's comfortable at that income level and he's very transparent about it. That is the, uh, much more of the exception to the rule. It's also kind of like a different strategy um, as opposed to, to, you know, the, the get rich off your business deal. But, but um, that's, that's much more of the exception to the rule, okay? A couple other guys that I like, I like MJ DeMarco. He's telling you the same thing, get wealthy off your business does it in a slightly different way than I would say. 
um, but I don't agree 100% with anyone. And then and then build an income tree uh, from stuff like corporate bonds and live off the interest or Grant Cardone again telling you to get rich from sales. You know, if you if you do things like him going into a service business and then he's putting it into a real estate fund. Again, I would do things a bit differently than both of those guys, but they're telling you the same thing. Get learn sales, get rich off your business. Okay. Um, and, and that's the reality. Okay. And the, and the other guys you don't want to listen to are these, these frugal, like save $4 a day guys. That's, they're just perpetuating a poverty mindset. Dude, if that's Starbucks, if, if, if not drinking that Starbucks is like a make or break difference for you by the time you're in your fifties and sixties, man, it's going to be a problem. Okay. Here, here's the reality. Like capitalism is a terrible system. It's the least worst system. You know, if we compare it to the other two options we had over the last hundred years. Okay. Um, but to make it work for you, you have to be aiming for the top 1%. Okay. Which is like a hundred grand, you know, over six figures. Right. First of all, everyone in America, most people in America are top 1% of the world, but you know, top 1% in North America is like over six figures because you're dealing with taxes. You're dealing with inflation. You're dealing with people who are willing to like leverage their whole lives and accumulate a bunch of debt for a house. So housing prices are way expensive than way more expensive than they would be if I ever, everyone was financially literate. Um, and so, so to be able to survive and thrive in this, in this society that we have, and by the way, I'm grateful that I was born into a capitalist society as opposed to, you know, communism or, or fascist society, because I have a shot. I've had a shot to be able to get to that level and get that financial freedom. Okay. And you should be grateful as well. But what I'm saying is like, it's not a whole lot of fun at the bottom as a McDonald's worker. And it's not all the fun as you move up a little bit as an office worker. Okay. To be able to get the freedom and the fun and, and all the um, stuff, you know, the kind of lifestyle that you want, uh, you have to get wealthy. Um, and that has to be a major goal, health, wealth, relationships, lifestyle. So like under your health goals is, is, is the wealth goal. Um, you know, without it, you're on the streets or, you know, step up as McDonald's step up is like 45 grand, 50 grand office job where the government's taking 30% of that check. Um, you know, you're dependent on them. Hopefully social security and all that stuff will exist when you retire, but we don't know. So, so it's, 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 it's rough out there. Like, and the, you know, understanding like money's a major problem to be solved. Um, and, and, and putting a, a ton of effort into it instead of like getting smacked, you know, every week for the next 10 years before you say, okay, I'm really going to devote time to getting this fucking thing solved. All right. And, and the solution is getting wealthy. That's, that's the reality. Um, so, so it's not about saving the $4 a day on the Starbucks. Yes. Having a budget is great. Having a low expenses is great. Having a low wants and not needing a lot of money while you're scaling up is fantastic. Okay. But if you want a damn Starbucks, that should not be a make or break decision for you. All right. So those frugal like guys who are, you know, perpetuates a poverty mindset. Don't listen to those guys either, you know, Listen to stuff that's useful. Budget, stay out of debt. But other than that, you're working on getting your income up. Okay. So the the way to get rich is simple. It's get opium. It's get other people's money. Right. That's it. Because you don't have money, so you go get it from other people. And there's like, there's four ways to do that. There's adding value. Okay. Well, the first way is is 
Theft or force, that's out. Obviously unethical. The other three ways are adding value. Um, you need to learn how to sell to do that. Getting investors. You need to have something of value for that. Uh, or getting debt from a bank. Um, and again, you need something of value for that. So it comes down to having something of value, learning how to sell it, so you get opium or other people's money. So first you learn to master a valuable skill. I've got a list of like 31 six-figure businesses. The biggest ones are the biggest services, um, highest probability of seven figures are real estate, insurance, financial services. Um, second, learning and mastering sales. Okay. Third, selling that service to people who need a problem solved. Four, maxing out your margins by selling your service at the highest possible price is called high ticket selling. Okay, for example, my coaching is right now, it's $1,000 a month. Um, that will go up over time. Minimizing taxes, okay? Everybody's talking about, in, you know, can tell you about investments, investments, investments. Like if you wanna focus on something outside of your business, number one, two, three, four things is minimizing taxes, okay? And I mean, one of the best ways to do that is, is expatriating. You know, you can check out my articles and videos on becoming an expat entrepreneur. You can check out my man, um, Andrew Henderson at Nomad Capitalist, okay? His advice doesn't come cheap, but uh, you know, you wanna do these things, these things at the highest level, minimizing taxes before you even think about investments, okay? Because otherwise, someone's reaching into your pocket taking 10, 20, 30, 40, 50% of your income. Forget about fucking investments, dude. That negative compound interest is just murdering you, okay? And I'm telling you to do this legally, by the way, right? Tax people are not the people you want to mess with. You do it legally, you do it ethically, but that's a major thing to focus on. Okay, and then you dump your profits back into your high margin business. You don't go throwing it away to Wall Street on some businesses you don't know shit about. You throw it back into your, into your business that's getting you these thousand percent returns. Okay, and then you've got you know high level options if you get to a certain level um, to get OPM from investors or from you know debt from banks. You know, I've got a client that's that's secured these massive debt deals for for his businesses, but that's a higher level of 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 gain. Okay, to be able to get OPM from investors or debt. Um, also, at a higher level, you can potentially expand into other high income flows. Once you've succeeded as an entrepreneur, you've got money, you can, you can afford to um, pay people and, and expand your income into other different high margin income flows. Um, you can also get rich off selling products. You know, I talk a lot about service businesses, but I'm trying to give like the highest probability of success for the highest amount of people watching this because businesses already fail at like 90%. Um, but it's just harder to get rich off products. It's more capital intensive. You know, more head, you know, inventory, lower margins. Um, products are better suited for like guys who are already wealthy and successful, right? Like like Alex Becker's got his his market here or whatever, but you know, he built that up through, you know, making his money at SEO and marketing and stuff. And now he's doing the the low margin, um, trying to make a hundred million on on a on a low margin hyper competitive product business because he already had a lot has a lot of funds a lot of capital to deploy he always ha he already has a team he already has leadership experience they can afford to pay people to do all the fucking bullshit for him as opposed to you you know trying to develop and code and 
you know, do all kinds of things yourself without a whole lot of money. Much better to be in a high margin service business to get started. And the, the, the other option for selling products, I feel like is, is, you know, if you're not wealthy, successful entrepreneurs, if like you're an exceptional IQ young guy and you've got a shot at like VC money or debt, like you're a young rock star programmer, um, you've got a great idea, like a, a Facebook or something, and you actually have the IQ to follow through on that. And you, and, and you actually have, you know, you're located in Silicon Valley, you're in Y Combinator, you're, you've got access to debt, um, you've potentially got access to these VCs. But otherwise, that, that, that to me is, is a very low probability um, gambit. There's other, there's other, you know, products you can sell. Of course, you can sell anything, but I wouldn't do a bricks and mortar business right now. Um, I just think the service, the high margin service business is, is such a better option to get you wealthy. Um, and then you can do stuff like kind of guru game once you get, you know, to these higher levels. Okay. You know, the higher levels are, are I call them like levels of luxury. Um, but, but then, okay, you can start worrying about investments, you know, and before I think you even think about appreciation, I think you need to think about wealth protection, like, you know, making sure your money's in safe banks or getting your money out of banks and perhaps into real estate. I don't like real estate as an investment. I don't like any investments really, you know, but, but just as like a safety thing, you know, like, like a, a house in Georgia for a hundred thousand or something. If you're living there half the year as an expat entrepreneur, right? Just to, just to have that extra layer of like security where it's like your money's in something physical, you have a deed. It's like, you know, they're not going to, seize your property unless you know their country goes to war with your country um so so like even before investments we need to talk about like protecting the wealth that you have from your service business from your high margin business that you're not going to reinvest back into um the business so i hope that clarifies some things for you if you want more information check out revolutionarylifestyledesign.com forward slash money i've got a ton of articles on this stuff Yes, articles where you actually have to read because it's actually more useful for, for kind of detailed information like this. You can also check out the wealth playlist on my YouTube channel. Um, I've probably got 100 videos on this stuff. And, uh, you know, if you want help getting wealthy, getting your business off the ground, holler at your boy, revolutionarylifestyledesign.com forward slash coaching. You want to learn how to sell, check out revolutionarylifestyledesign.com forward slash products. Pick up my book how to sell, to learn, how to survive and thrive in a sales job, and then leverage that into your own uh, service business. And if you don't want to do any of that, man, just subscribe to the channel. If, ring that notification bell so you get notified for everything. Um, and, and, and just just keep keep watching, keep, keep moving on in your journey, and, and uh, keep your head up. So wish you all the best. Hope you're having a great day. Um, thank you for watching.